When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our premiere coverage of For All Mankind, Season 4. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside the other host, Zachary Newton. Welcome back. We're back. It's our first deep dive into For All Mankind, period. We did do a Seasons 1 through 3 recap. If you missed that, I recommend you check it out. We're going to do some housekeeping to correct something that we did get incorrect on that, according to some of our emailers. <laughs> but for some reason, I guess the the betrayal of Ed Baldwin struck us so hard as viewers that we just imagined that something occurred. Zach, what did you think of episode one that kicked off season four here of For All Mankind? I, I liked it a lot. I, you know, I feel like they brought us up to speed. In a pretty good way, you know, like the whole story, you know, telling at the very beginning of the uh, of the episode is like walking through a timeline. It was interesting. Um, I see that they've kind of obviously made some clear changes on on who's won some things like elections and how that's all gone down. So that was it was interesting to see. But no, I I I, I like this episode a lot. Um, for the first episode of season four, we got inter- uh, introduced to a new character who. You know, lies his way to, to Mars. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see how that goes down. And he's on the ship with Danny or Danielle, whatever you want. To call I don't. It. I don't think that that lie that he went to FSU. Uh, I mean, it might have ingratiated him enough to to get that guy to mention the Mars trip. But I don't know. I think that there there was not many takers for that trip in the first place. So. Probably not, yeah. but I think the the point that I was kind of making was like I, I think we're, we're we're being led to believe here that he's a fuck up, right? Like you know, like he shouldn't be there. He wasn't qualified to go, and that is is that's my feeling with him. At, at the very take? least, from this episode, that like that's the way that I felt about about him. Mm-hmm. The, you know, it looked like he was cheating off of other people's homework. He kind of looks like. Um, you know, a, a failure in in some ways. I mean, I, I get life's hard and all of that, but um, he just seems to have a lot of like personal issues. And I don't know. I like. I think he's. I think he's probably out of his depth. And I really think that that's what this episode's trying to make us believe, especially with the way that we kind of pair that with, you know, seeing him on the same ship that Danielle's on. See, I didn't take it that way because you have to remember that this is an alternate U.S. history. So at this point in two thousand and one fossil fuels have been done away with. So the entire industry is dead. So he's mm-hmm. coming from the oil industry that that's all he worked on. And so that industry is completely dead and there's no place that's hiring him. And so now he's looking for a new way to fit into this world that's moved on to thir- uh, nuclear power and to um, battery powered, electric powered vehicles. That's that's one of the things that they kind of subtly talk about in the, pi- in the not the pilot, the premiere of season four. But mm-hmm. I was actually put on to do something before watching episode one by emailer Jareb, uh, who thanks for writing in. Uh, he pretty much asked, hey, did you guys see that Apple put out a years 1996 through 2001 
Mm. timeline. So there's kind of, they did little mini episodes of what happened. Because in this episode of season four to kick it off, we fast forward actually eight years and they're just filling us in on years 96 through 2001. So they they take us through a few things and it's kind of a fun little bit of retelling of history, uh, which we'll go through right now. I kind of took wrote down the high points of everything that they changed in history. And funny enough, if you watch those videos, they not only give you the fake history, but then at the end of it, they put real history and they show <laughs> you what actually happened. Because I think people are getting, I honestly, my first thought when I saw this and whatever, judge me, I think it's because they're scared that at a certain point, somebody's going to watch this show 20 years from now. And if they didn't put that real history part, people would be too inundated with information or dumb to know yeah. the difference that, hey, Al Gore didn't win the presidency. Hey, Ellen Wilson doesn't exist. She was never the president <laughs> in the 90s. You know, shit like that, that they would have to correct. And so, I feel like they're just doing a moral duty to let everyone know that this is fake history. However, uh, I was laughing my head off because um, one of our YouTube commenters, uh, what's it, What's his name? Space Case? What, what is the- Space Case. Space Case. I only, name, know, yeah. I only know him by the dollar sign PFP. So, I yeah. always, I always, that's the only visual I have. Um, and he's like, the show's so progressive. And, you know, it's hilarious because this is, the show is kind of humorous in the sense that they're casting out a future of what the world would have looked like if the space race never stopped. And it's kind of interesting to actually pitch that scenario of how different would the world be in this very optimistic view of the writer's room. They mm -hmm. are saying, now, who knows what conflict's going to ensue in season four, right? Yeah. Essentially, the Cold War is over. The Cold War doesn't exist anymore when we get into season four because there's a Mars 7 alliance where North America's working with, um, ironically enough, Russia and North Korea. So, we're working with two of our, you know, I feel <laughs> as of late, we've, we've turned, uh, well, North Korea has been an enemy for a while, or at least an outsource, kind of just like, we don't talk about them part of yeah, the, we're, not, we're not friends we're not we're allies. not friends like we're that, not like that, that's it's not you know it's not canada it's not the uk you know it's not israel it's not like key allies to the u.s so in this alternate retelling we're allies with russia north korea i think japan's in there uh and there was another couple of countries and then you got mexico teamed up with uh some of the communist countries uh and then china <laughs> and canada are independent which is hilarious um so it, it's this alliance that has formed that's ended the Cold War in many ways between the US and Russia. In fact, Russia has had an economic boom. They're calling Moscow the Paris of the East, according hmm. to uh, the economic boom happening in this for all mankind reality, right? You yeah. also have um, a few other things that have occurred. Ellen Wilson wins re-election after, after she comes out of the closet. Uh, George H.W. Bush is her VP. I don't believe the Gulf Wars ever happened. Okay. Um, Gore beats Bush. Okay. I'm Cuban. All right. So, I grew up in South Florida when this particular storyline occurred, the Elian Gonzalez story where this young Cuban boy uh, came on a raft over here from Cuba. His mother, pretty much his whole family that he came with died on this raft that came over here. It was a huge thing. It was during the Clinton administration. I was super young. I, I barely remember it. All I remember is the the FBI or the military busting the door down on his house and kidnapping Elian Gonzalez in the middle of the night because there was a, a custody battle 
for Elion mm. between his father, who was back in Cuba, and his his mom's side of the family, which was down here in South Florida. Elion now this day is a propaganda uh, artist for the com- uh, for the socialist movement in Cuba. Okay, they mm. have been, they have used him as a poster boy face for everything's good over here, even though Cuba's a shithole in terms of go just go look at you want to see what Cuba is right now. Okay, go look up this YouTuber named Kurt Kaz who goes and visits Cuba. And, you know, and he says everything is difficult here in Cuba. None of the buses are running. There's no gas. He's taking horses across the country to get to places because of the corruption and the government that took all of the resources from the people pretty much. Anyways, so in this alternate reality, Gore beats Bush because they're essentially making Ellen Wilson Clinton in a way, right? So they're Mm -hmm. making her kind of an offset of that because she handled the Elian Gonzalez situation in the same way that Clinton did, which was sending Elian back to Cuba, right? Mm. And in this reality, Al Gore makes him a US citizen, which is funny. And then the reverse <laughs> happens because if you're old enough to remember, Al Gore loses at, on a court decision to George Bush by f- 500 and something votes in Florida, okay? So they're saying that it all swung because my people, the Cubans, voted for Gore because of his, uh, the way he handled the Elian Gonzalez situation. I talk, I'm talking a lot here, but it's a lot to catch up on. This episode was very dense in trying to understand all this history. It is. It is a lot to catch up on. You, you are much more of the history buff when it comes to these matters than I am. So I'm just, I'm, I'm taking the moment to kind of sit back and, and learn yeah. uh, or relearn some of these things as well. Let's go through a couple of other high points here. I don't believe 9-11 occurred in this reality that we're talking about, right? It doesn't I don't, seem that way. I don't believe the Oklahoma City bombing occurred. I think the way that they're trying to stay with history in a way, but they're flipping the characters of who was involved in what side of history. So, in um, the Oklahoma City bombing that killed almost about the same number of people who died in the uh, NASA bombing in the show mm-hmm. that kills Karen Baldwin and several others, it sends Jimmy Stevens to jail uh, for 12 years, according to the show, and it, all the other ringleaders get life in prison, pretty much. Um, they are modeling that after the Oklahoma City bombing that occurred that was uh, equally devastating in its own way. Um, I don't believe 9-11 has occurred. I don't know if it will occur later in this season for some reason. But then again, if the Gulf Wars didn't happen, uh, maybe that doesn't occur at all. I don't know. It seems like the butterfly effect of the space race affected everything. So much so, so much so that Hillary Clinton divorces Bill Clinton in this reality. Uh, So I guess Hillary... um, All right. You know, Hillary has a partnership with Apple TV. Uh, She has a show where it's like her and Chelsea, like going across the U.S., and uh, doing stuff. I haven't watched it, okay? Um, also, George Bush lately. I'm old enough to remember when the uh, when the Democratic media, like the liberal media, hated George Bush, okay? Yeah. So, they make George H.W. Bush more um, favorable, I guess, in, in the portrayal on this show. And then Hillary Clinton divorces Bill Clinton, okay? So, in this reality... She does not stay with Bill with all of his numerous infidelities, okay? So, that that splits off. Who knows? Maybe Hillary becomes president in this show at some point. Uh, it's the closest she'll she'll get to it. So, I'm sure she'll be a big fan of, of this. I wonder if they asked her her opinion like, hey, Hillary, you're going to divorce Bill in this season. Like, that... You, don't Are you, you okay ask, with that? <laughs> well, they do a few things, right? Like, I wonder if they ask permission because... She didn't divorce him. She obviously settled, you know, or was okay with moving on from the issue, right? 
And then you have when Ellen comes out of the closet, they literally throw shade at Lindsey Graham and a couple of other Republicans. They're like, (laughs) the Republican side uh, uh, was arguably against uh, Ellen and her decision to come out. And then it just shows Lindsey Graham like (laughs) the thing, obviously, (laughs) obviously footage that has nothing to do with this. So I wonder if they have to say like, hey, Lindsey, uh, we're going to put you against Ellen here. And uh, how do you feel about that? Or if they can just use it for free because it's government footage. I wonder if they just are able, I would love to talk to the editor of the show or the director of the show and ask if like, how much permission do you have to ask when you change history? Like, do you have to get this cleared by anybody? Because, you know, history completely is altered here. I wonder if they have to, you know, do anything there. I will tell you one person who does not escape the butterfly effect of positivity that occurs on this show in history. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, still a, like a serial rapist. Uh, he, he does not <laughs> escape. He does not escape. Oh, so yeah, no matter what, no matter what reality we enter into here uh, of the space race continuing, Harvey Weinstein is still going to be Harvey Weinstein. Um, <laughs> I will say John Lennon survives. He performs at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the Beatles, I guess, never split up, which I'm cool with that. I'm definitely cool with that version of reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, fossil fuels are done with. We mentioned that briefly about with Miles earlier in the episode. Asteroid mining is now the new frontier and possibly like the new mecca of um of like pretty much industries. Like this is going to be the new emerging industry that occurs. Yeah. Um. I already mentioned Jimmy and the terrorists are in prison, and as I predicted, Kelly's baby is literally the most famous baby on the planet, and is being publicized on People's Magazine. So. I think that about sums up everything that I noticed. If I missed anything in this eight-year time jump, let me know. Zach, did you catch anything that I missed or do you want to comment on anything uh, that I mentioned there? No, I don't think you missed anything. At least I didn't catch something that, that I, I feel that you missed. But no, I, I agree. It would be very interesting to know what what you do have to do when you are rewriting history because, man, I, I'll, I'll admit it can be kind of confusing. When I first started watching this show, like back in the day, season one, episode one, I was sitting there for a minute and I'm like, wait a minute, did this, this actually happen? It took me a minute to realize I'm like, wait, no, this isn't how this went down. Like once I, once I saw the Russians land, landing on the moon, yeah, first, yeah, like, yeah. no, right, that, right, right, right. I'm like, all right, this is an alternate storytelling of history. But you know, for a moment it, it had me, I'm like, I was questioning what I remembered about history and I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So you I'd know, love to know as well. It's, it is fascinating. I f- like I feel like you could roll your eyes at some of the things that occur, but it's more entertaining to me than anything. The John mm-hmm. Lennon one kind of crushed me a little more than anybody anything else. I'm a mega Beatles fan. And when I saw him like with the fake image at the Super Bowl, I was like, "Damn, you imagine if John Lennon performed at the Super Bowl and Paul <laughs> McCartney and Ringo and George were there? Like that would be <laughs> insane." That would um be awesome. so yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not ever gonna like concede and say like, oh man, I wish the Americans weren't first on the moon. Like, why couldn't we have the reality where John Lennon didn't get shot? I mean, like, <laughs> why did the Russians get that? It's because we made it to the moon, man. That's that's why. Is it America bad? Is it like America bad? So hey, if America, since America made it to the moon, John Lennon gets shot. Uh, the Cold War happens. Uh, we go to a, multiple wars. Nine Eleven happens. Like it's all because America landed on the moon first. <laughs> yeah. No, I I have no idea. It's just it's it is a darn shame. Not that that's that, not the that reality what, we live in. Is that what the show is saying? No, I don't think so. I think we're reading way into it. 
I just think you, you got you got to pick memorable moments and flip it on its head. Like I, I think that's just what it comes down to. They should just have fun with it at this point and just change ridiculous things. You know, uh, yeah. I don't know what, but they should just change random stuff. Aren't they? Aren't they already? I'm talking about like more pop culture things, like. Uh, okay. You know, like James Cameron doesn't direct Titanic, like someone else does, you know, like Tim, <laughs> like Tim Tim Burton directs Titanic or something like that. Or, you know, DiCaprio wins an Oscar like way earlier in his career. Like they just start changing things. LeBron, LeBron passes Michael Jordan. He gets seven rings instead of four, you know, like they just start changing random things in history, you know. That'd be funny. That'd be uh, funny. Co- Sha- Shaquille O'Neal never goes to the Lakers. I don't know. Just random. I'm kind of just isolating on sports and, and acting here at this point, but... Yeah, why not? Those, those are your your specialties. I, I just I do wonder who's going to be president after Al Gore, though. I truly do because George Bush is not president. So is Al Gore going to get two terms, or uh, you know, they're going to send him to Mars like Futurama? Isn't that like a shtick in Futurama that Al Gore is like a floating head and they just kind of take him everywhere? I never watched Futurama. Yeah, I've ne- me neither. But I just uh, I've watched like little like snippets when I was younger when it would just pop up on Adult Swim. Or Comedy uh-huh. Central. I forget you, which channel. You weren't supposed it. to be watching it. You mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but it was never my cup of tea. I was always a Family Guy. Uh, fam- family, family Guy's where it's at. Yeah. All right. Um, let's get into the episode. That was literally just the intro to of all the, of that happens in those little mini shows. So thank you, Jareb, for that. I will go over your emails later in the deep dive recap, and we'll also get into some others. Um, and I will. I'm also interested to know the audience's. Uh, take on this alternate retelling of global history and what you guys think of it as well so yeah you know there was something about the startup sequence when i was watching this episode um that just it made me think of foundation i don't i don't know why it just it felt very similar like because how much money they probably spent on building this it looks incredible probably something along those lines I, i don't know i was just like for for a split moment i'm like wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if like um, you know, this this version of like Earth and everything and, and human history evolved into what is the, the 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 distant, distant past from foundation that they talk about. You know, we've we've had that fun conversation of whether every single Apple TV show is somehow connected. And I wonder if they do if that's like a super Easter egg in the background at Apple HQ, that everything is kind of connected in some weird way. I, I think that would be really funny if they tried doing something like that. <laughs> Um, I will say this, man. I really do think it would have been plausible if if the entire planet was focused on pushing the boundaries of, of human exploration and, and possibilities. Mm. I truly do think that if the space race would have stayed as accelerated as this show is saying, like from the 60s all the way forward into the 2000s, we would be a lot further technologically than we are today in terms of space exploration and, and actual human advancement. Um, yeah. so I don't really think that that's far fetched. In fact, episode one has this new guy who's in charge, Eli of NASA, right? And he's mm-hmm. been brought in from Chrysler to pretty much clean up NASA by Al Gore, right? And it's the yeah. ever, ever growing conundrum that we saw in our lifetimes and before our lifetimes that the priority by a lot of administrations was to cut the NASA budget tremendously. And so we didn't see, I feel like there hasn't been a massive, uh, emphasis on space exploration until Elon Musk really came along, right? And I'm not an yeah. expert on this subject matter. I'd love to have an expert on the show to talk about this. My cousin is a rocket scientist, so maybe I could get him on. 
No, oh, that'd be cool. And um, I really do think that, you know, a lot of these presidents have cut the budgets of NASA to, to a crazy degree. I think it was really just Trump who brought in the Space Force and kind of yeah. uh, with Musk and that there was kind of a, a resurgence. And now it's becoming a little more, um, you know, commonplace again. Like we're striving to mm-hmm. explore the, the galaxy, you know, the, what is it? The galaxy? I'm, I'm such a- uh, The universe? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Our, yeah. our galaxy, like our, our, our solar galaxy. system at our, the very least. Yeah. You yes. know, I, I, I do agree though, right? Like if, if we did have this global, you know, competition of always trying to one up each other. Competition um, does hopefully innovation. Healthy, yeah. Right. Like healthy, healthy competition, right? Um, we don't we don't want to you know start a, a bunch of wars. Like, All competition like that breeds innovation. On, on the moon in season two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do think we would be much farther along, right? Like because that that was that was a point I was getting to. Like you're you're going to be forced to innovate. Like that's that's the game that you're playing. You're, you're playing the innovation game. So you're you're also connecting the world in a bigger way because what may what unifies you more than like just being in space? I mean, we're all humans, right? So we all at the end of the day, it's like the Let's say we're invaded by aliens. Immediately, nobody gives a damn what country you're from. Like, we're all fighting against the aliens. You know what I mean? It's Mm. like human versus alien. So, when we're going into space and you see one country doing great, unless they're an evil country that's trying to put nukes in space and all that, which, by the way, mining on the moon does make me a little uneasy. uh, I know, man. If, if If you screw up the moon... (laughs) <laughs> like our whole gravitational pool we're like kind of we're kind of effed like, right tides, <laughs> yeah we're yeah, yeah. gonna have like the tsunamis and everything like we're just gonna become yeah. a water planet or something i, I, was, I, 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 was think, I was thinking of that we're gonna literally become um gale's planet from foundation i agree though like, like mining on the moon does make it makes me nervous as hell to yeah, think about yeah. i'm like man if somebody really does screw up the moon like the, there's no coming back from that like mm-hmm. but i don't i mean who knows what it would take for that to happen? I mean, yeah. you'll, you'll, I guess, I guess we'll, I hope we'll never know. I'll, I'll put it that way. I guess we'll never know. Um, the show opens up and kind of sets the stage with a very old Ed Baldwin. Uh, just, it's, it's kind of hard to see Ed here, so aged. But I'm yeah. glad he's ha- he has a place still in space. It doesn't really feel like Earth has anything left for him besides Kelly and, and, uh, and Alex. Right. That's about it. Yeah. But, I don't think there really is anything on earth for him. Everything's right. been taken away. He's commanding a ship as part of the Mars 7 Alliance. Right. And uh, it's a combination of Russia on this ship, the Americans, and a collaboration with a private company called Helios. And they're all working towards putting the first man on an asteroid so that they can start mining the minerals that are inside of these asteroids, which is, I think there's a ridiculous amount of minerals in asteroids. I, I heard some crazy figure that there's an insane amount of gold in the asteroids that are just floating around, like more than than we have on Earth. But you got um, you got one that's what it's, it's uh, coined uh, Lucy's diamond or something, right? Really, I I don't know. I just heard something about that. It's becoming more feasible to discuss mining on these asteroids and bringing these minerals to Earth. I didn't. Interesting. I was uh, interested uh, in, I was kind of intrigued by the plan they had, which was just to put a bunch of cables around this thing and to, and to tow it in space, right? Or they were kind of pushing it. Yeah. I don't know how I feel yeah. about all of that. Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how like dense and heavy the asteroid really is. I mean, clearly it's, it's freaking massive. 
Yeah. Um, but I almost feel like maybe you would have done better trying to like tow it along behind you and like pull it maybe, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being naive here. Yeah. We also catch up with Margo who, um, the kind of unique thing about the way this season opens up is that we're not really told how everybody got to where they are. If you can push forward to Margo on these. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to assume that based on Margo's leaking of classified designs to the Soviet Union, that she, oh, which by the way, um, the Eastern Bloc never fell. So the Soviet Union is still very much alive and, and well in this reality of uh, for all mankind, right? Mm-hmm. So she is, it, I'm assuming she has had to defect to Russia and she did so on the basis that she would be deeply involved in their space program. But she's built this life for herself that is quite depressing to watch over and over again. It's like a depressing version of Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, uh, where she wakes up every morning and gets these fresh baked goods. Everything is very gray. It seems that, you know, it's just very gloomy in her life right now and, and the way she's operating. Yes, it it is very gloomy. I you know i was wondering you know is she just is she just old now like she's old, it is yeah. or like old. is she like wounded or something i mean she's got a limp and everything no, she's, she's like, just she's old and she's doing a good job of acting you know older right yeah uh this, I, this this show does a good job at like at making everybody actually like legitimately look older too like i yeah. i think the the makeup and everything is is pretty good i will say she looks more convincing than um than ed does because bit, of yeah. the kind of the bald cap that they put on on Joel Kinnaman <laughs> for his thing kind of looks a little bit um like it's it looks clearly fake but maybe it's because I saw a bunch of behind the scenes stuff so um there you get the sense as Margo's walking around in her morning routine that there's just spies everywhere because everyone's kind of looking at her at the side of their eye and so you just never know and uh funny enough I watched this movie on Apple TV called uh, Tetris which tells exactly. the story of um of the making of the game Tetris and as that character is in Russia. It feels like everybody's just watching him and everybody's reporting to someone else who's reporting to someone else. Yep. I don't know if that's how it is. I've never been to Russia. Um, but some of the... I mean, you really do have to watch between this episode and the next. Make sure you watch 96 through 01 of, of it because they show that Russia has had an economic boom. Mm. And the mock-ups and the designs they show, it, it looks gorgeous because they kind of show Russia during Christmas time. And um, it does look very nice. I will say that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to watch it, but uh, you know, to to your point, no, I, I agree. This this entire, uh, you know, well, every scene really that that has her in in Russia, right? Like it does feel like she's being watched. I mean, to the point where later on in the episode, she's just sitting there eating, and you know, somebody somebody's just there. You think they're minding their own business, yeah? And out of left field, they're just like, so I know who you are. Yeah, they, it's a little they, creepy. They seem to have a, a solid grip on her daily routine, and they have they're keeping tabs on her at all times. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, considering she could be used as an asset. Um, I'm, I'm assuming she's going to become very valuable very soon, based off of some of the conflicts that are emerging with the asteroid belt mining situation. I, I would imagine so. If she wasn't going to become very uh, important, I don't think we'd still be focused on her. Honestly, I, I think. I think the show probably would have moved on. Yeah. Uh, the other thing in this episode is that we're not only re-catching um, up with old characters that we love, we're also catching up with or being introduced to new characters. And so we get introduced to Miles, who is a 
a dad slash husband who's kind of down on his luck used to be an oil rigger be in yeah. the fossil fuel industry and because of the rapid advances due to the space uh race the ongoing space race um he has found himself down on his luck his marriage about to be dissolved feels like she's just leaving him simply because he's not making any money that's what it feels like to me because she seems very much still in love with the guy mm-hmm. um and by the way, shout out. What's his name? Uh, the actor who plays Miles. Toby Kebbell. He's in a very memorable episode of Black Mirror called The History of You or The Entire History of You. And uh, Robert Downey Jr. actually bought the rights to that script. That script has been moving around Hollywood for a while now. Hmm. And I believe it's a movie that they're going to put in production, which is a story of a guy who's kind of, uh, well, not kind of, he's he's jealously obsessed with certain things about his uh, girlfriend's or fiance's life. And uh, there is a constant record of your memory inside of your head all the time or something like that. Yeah, but it yeah, was he, a great, a great a episode job. of Black Mirror. Yeah, But you know him from another show. What show is he prominent in? So I know him as the character Sean Turner from Servant, which is another Apple TV uh, Plus I show. I haven't watched Servant. I only know it as it's, the Ron Weasley show. Yeah. Well, Ron Weasley is sure as heck not Ron Weasley in that show. Mm-hmm. But um, I love Rupert Grimp, by the way. Huh? I love Rupert Grimp, by the way. I mean, I'll oh, yeah. always have no, an attachment to the Harry Potter characters. Of course, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if, you've, if you've watched the Harry Potters and liked the Harry Potter movies, like, it's probably going to take you a few episodes to, to, to remove yourself from okay. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, like, you're, you're going to have to to hold off. And, you know, I mean, even towards the end, you, you know, or just later in the show, literally, like that character, like I still found myself at times like it was a little difficult to get into because I had such this attachment to uh, yeah. Sam and Harry Potter. So, yeah. but it was an interesting show. I, I mean, I liked it. It's four seasons. Um, I got to check it out. I think we binged it, man. Yeah. My, my wife and I binged through it near uh, near Halloween or something like a little while ago. If you've also got IMDb up, can you look up his youngest daughters, the actress who plays the youngest daughter? of miles here because i just watched five nights at freddy's and she looks identical to the little girl in that movie yeah, and you could just do that in the background while i talk about um another aspect of of his character um he's going to interview for a job at helios which dev Iessa used to be the ceo at and then karen took over karen baldwin who rest in peace not really um is no longer with us due to the NASA bombing. And I say that because I don't know if you feel this way, Zach, but it really does feel like For All Mankind is back on the right track as a show. If it really did feel like the the turn that they took with Danny Stevens and Jimmy Stevens was a detour that they wanted to move away from as fast as possible. Uh, I don't think many people liked the storyline of Karen Baldwin uh, choosing to sleep with... Um, her son's friend and her best friend yeah her son's best friend and then her husband's her best husband's friend's best friend's son <laughs> i don't think anybody liked that storyline and then the random incel younger brother who's like a ringleader uh who ends up being an integral part of a mass bombing you know i'm assuming yes. that will be a piece but i do think that this episode alluded to something terrible having happened to danny stevens um, because our introduction to D- to Danny's character, Danielle, is that she is pretty much supporting Danny's widow, or I'm assuming widow. I don't think Danny's alive. I have a feeling Danny 
I don't killed think himself. Alive. Yeah, I think, I, I think I think Danny's dead. I'm I'm 100 with you on that one. I think he killed himself though. I think it was something. Um, it was something yeah. tragic to the degree that is haunting Danielle. Because there's yeah. a few. Every character in the show is haunted by something, right? You have Aleda. Later on, we see her still dealing. She's getting like a panic attack, thinking about the stress that's incurring from the failed asteroid mining operation has triggered mm-hmm. her to have a panic attack of remembering um, the bombing that she survived in that building, right? And then Danielle kind of doesn't want to go back to space because she's thinking of Danny Stevens and seems to be blaming herself for Danny Stevens. But in the same way that this show has rewritten history, it feels like Karen Baldwin's decision to sleep with Danny Stevens irreparably uh, harmed the future of the entire Stevens clan. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, 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 I think Danny probably killed himself as well. Like, I I don't think there was just some random accident. Like, I have a feeling that's what happened. Also, I do think maybe one thing that you did potentially miss in that whole, you know, sequence at the beginning of the episode where we're brought up to speed is his, Danny's brother, um, if I remember correctly, he, he was like arrested. Yeah, Jimmy's arrested. He's yeah. he's he's gone to prison for for all of that stuff. No, I got he, that. I, so. I just called him an incel. But um, oh, oh, well, there you go. Maybe I missed the name. I did want to also make a comment. So Lily Dale, the daughter of Miles, played by uh, Piper Rubio, is in Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, she is she is the younger. She's the Abby. sister of um, yep. Josh Hutcherson's character, Abby. Her name's Abby mm-hmm. in the movie, right? Yeah, it's correct. She does a good job there too. She's kind of a, like, she has a, she kind of fits into like a little bit of a creepy vibe in that movie. Here, she's like wholesome daughter. There, she's mm-hmm. like creepy kid who speaks to anim- like demonic animatrons. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm assuming they filmed this one for, I don't know. They probably filmed these around the same time. So, she may be on her way to a big break. She's got some dynamic acting skills. <laughs> I saw her. I was like, she looks familiar. I was like, look behind the look behind the cabinets, Miles, please. <laughs> Something's wrong here. By the way, for someone down on his luck, oh no, she was the his wife was living at her father's house, so that's why the house was so nice. I was like, yeah, he's living in a pretty nice house here in Baton Rouge. So I also like that the end when the ship's heading off to to Mars, it has uh, when the Saints come marching in, um, mm. which is great. I actually remember a fun trivia fact from my childhood. Uh, I used to play uh, drums and xylophone in my middle school band. And oh, I, uh, I that. one day I was just playing the xylophone and I started playing the Saints Go Marching In and I was so excited because I thought I created my own song. I was like, this sounds great. <laughs> and I was like telling my parents about it. They're like, this is the Saints Go Marching In. I was like, it exists? And yeah, so I hadn't <laughs> I hadn't created anything original. That is yeah. such a wholesome and like sad story. It's yeah, at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving onward here. Uh, everything is going well on the asteroid mission until, unfortunately, the ropes start to give away tension, and it's a domino effect. Each one starts to kind of lose tension as we go. Ed, before this, has a conversation with his daughter, Kelly, and he is supposed to come home and relieve her of dealing with Alexei's um, very Russian mother, Olga, who has no hair on her tongue. She says what she's feeling and she does see, she does not, she seems like such a 
pain in the ass to have in the house. <laughs> Man, she just she tells it like it is. That's that's all I can say. She really, she tells she it like really it does. Is. She really does. She seems like she'd be a great like like a good help. Right. I feel. Like, I, mean, I feel really like she's gonna assistive be assistive with everything. I feel like she's gonna be a character that you grow to love later in this season. But I yeah. don't expect her to be a major character. I just find her to be like so classically like honest like that part of the world is like i feel like mm-hmm. german people have that trait too and russians have that trait where they're just like they're just gonna say how it is they're not gonna have it sugarcoat any, it yeah they're not gonna that. sugarcoat it or anything like that which yeah. is uh it's funny to see her have to deal with that and that i guess it's always the in-laws situation right everyone has to deal with their in-laws mm-hmm. so you can plead the fifth sack <clears throat> continuing on with you. i said you <laughs> could plead the, you could plead the fifth yeah, I will. Okay. Um, all right. Continuing on here. I thought they were going to drill on this asteroid at first, but it turns out they were just rigging the cables on there. Yeah. I don't think we've gotten to the mining part yet. They wanted to bring it around to the to the Mars orbit, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they, they I, I, to bring I, it I guess Mars it's there just so it's close. So, you know, they can mine close to the planet. Yeah. I don't know. I mean... I, 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 I'm looking forward to see how they go about mining these asteroids and what they're actually going to pull out of it. Cause I, I mean, I, I have no idea what the heck is an asteroids with the exception of maybe one that I heard is a massive freaking diamond floating in outer space. I just don't know what asteroids are made out of. These have iridium and lithium. That's what they're looking to mine from this one. According mm-hmm. to the show. I'm sure there's more stuff in there. Probably. What did you think of? Uh, I mean, I commented on this a little bit earlier, but Miles going in for his for his interview, he's got his his special shirt that his uh, wife ironed for him. I think it's you know he finally gets a break. You know, in terms of first and foremost, he he shows up to this interview. He probably thinks that he's been specially selected. Like there's you know he's gonna have a chance, and then he the first thing he does is walk in, and there's a million people in the room waiting for the same like applying for the same job, right? Mm -hmm. So, that's a little bit disheartening, but he does what anybody would do in a situation when you're down and look, you got to do what you got to do. Like a college education is not going to make you more prepared to go mine on Mars, you know, especially, you know, not the way he described his college experience. So, yeah, uh, this reminds me of what I did when I met with a film school director back in the day at, at UCF. I... I had read maybe two pages about Werner Herzog and his documentaries and my meeting with the director wasn't going too well. And when he went to go step out to speak to his secretary, I was looking for anything in the room that I could cling on to, to kind of find common ground with this man. <laughs> and uh, I kept on, I saw this guy, Werner Herzog on his desk on, on this book and I couldn't think of the name where I had seen it before. And I remembered my sister gave me uh, a book from her film study course in college and the only pages I read were about Werner Herzog. And I, and he st- sat back down. The meeting was about to end. And I said, so you're a fan of Werner Herzog, huh? <laughs> he was like, the meeting's took a different turn. I was invited to the film festival. I was invited nice. to do all sorts of things, you know. But, um, yeah. you know, you got to do what you got to do. And he chose to be an FSU alum. And now he's on his way on a 169 million mile trip to Mars. Do you think he actually went to FSU? Because no, I, absolutely yeah, not. Good. All right, I, not. I wanted I wanted to make sure we were on the same page with that because I, I I did think that he was lying on his application. Um, I, I it even sounded think, like he may have disagreed earlier with me. 
I even think he went so far as writing the wrong letter down. I think he meant to put LSU and I think he put FSU for some reason because yeah, why, he's I from was, Louisiana. I was confused by, yeah. by why he, he put FSU on there because I believe the other uh, ladies paper that I was looking at was, was LSU, well, right? Well, you know, I could see why he would have put FSU simply to choose a college that's not in Louisiana. So, maybe the guy who's here since he's in Louisiana. Can't relate. Exactly. Can't relate. He didn't go to Louisiana, but little did he know the guy, you know, had yeah. a brother who went there or he went there or something. So, anyways, he gets the opportunity to go to Mars. The reason the room is packed is because they want to go to the moon, which is a less is a less intensive trip, right? A tour. So Four to months. Yeah. And ma- the Mars trip is minimum two years, which by the way, I was a little concerned that we weren't going to get enough of our favorite characters because I wrote a little side note as I typically do in my notes. Mm-hmm. Ed and Danielle have turned into the best characters in the show. Uh, by far. Uh, at least the ones that I personally look most forward to seeing on screen. Uh, but Miles, I took a liking to him pretty fast of his storyline, what he's fighting for, yeah. uh, his purpose. And I do think he probably emerges as one of the central or more pivotal characters in this season as we continue. I, uh, my, the Miles thing is interesting. I'm not really sure how I truly feel about him yet. Um, I did really like him in, in Servant, but I'm not sure what he's going to turn into here. I feel like he's the Danny replacement. Like, that's that's what I feel like. You really like, do. I, oh. I mean, like, the Danny that made the whole tower collapse. Like, I just feel like there's something oh, you bad think that's going to happen. you think he's going to mess it up further? Yes. Yeah, I think I think he's the new Danny in that sense. I think he's going to be the guy that messes things up because you again, you you see Danielle at the end of this episode, you know, on her way out to Mars, and she's going to be taking over as the new commander replacing Ed Baldwin. And then and then we see his torturous journey and realize that he's on the same thing. Like that's the feeling that it gives me in my gut and like the pit of my stomach. I'm like, "Man, this guy is going to mess things up." And Danielle I don't, I mean, hopefully she doesn't die, but I mean, for all mankind, they're not too kind with, uh, with people on people screen. Die, I mean, man. Even people in this episode, we right. got two people that died right, right in the first episode. Yeah. We like, lose Gregory and this Peters. does not, they don't pull any punches, man. They show. don't. They don't. And I think other shows could take uh, notes from that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I agree. Yeah. Cast. But, uh-huh. um, yeah, I will say this. I disagree with you. I think that. Okay. His character will find new purpose, right? And I think people root for the underdog. People root for the guy who's looking to turn his life around. And uh, I think we're going to see the baton passing from Ed Baldwin and Danielle this season because these they're already seasoned vets at this point. Like They got to pass the baton to the next generation, right? And you even yeah. see in this episode a bit, Ed has a little bit of the shakes, you know? Um, yeah, he does. I mean, he's getting old, man. He's got a lot of stress, a lot of years on him. Yeah. You know, he's, he's uh, he should not still be serving or, or doing anything at this point. Well, the sense you get from Ed, and I think Joel Kinnaman does a great job of, of kind of showing this aspect of him, is that he's in space oftentimes because he's avoiding his dealing with his stuff on Earth, you know? And, you know, when he comes back to Earth, he has to deal with the loss of his ex-wife. He has to deal with being a good father, a, a, like a single, you know, a single father, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and a granddad now. So, another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All these things. And he's not a pencil pusher. Like he does not like to be behind the desk. He likes to be in the action. So he's like a star athlete in a way, right? Yeah. He's, he has to find his new purpose or his new thing, which by the way, I misunderstood this episode. I thought because of Grigori and Peter's decision to go out and try to stabilize this rig, um, that they were going to replace Ed, but it turns out that they're replacing the commander that they disobeyed uh, on Happy Valley base on Mars. Mm. So he's getting replaced by Danielle, not Ed. Ed is staying uh, Yeah, there. you're right. You're right. My, my bad. That's correct. Ed at this point might be politically untouchable. Simply because he's such an American hero, if you think about think about it, right? He has saved he saved the damn president, that the current president or the former president, if you think about it. She was floating yeah. past base and he saved her. Okay. Yeah. Uh he saved his daughter and like and he's always outside the ship for some reason. Okay. <laughs> he saved his daughter, his pregnant daughter. I mean, you if you're gonna get rid of him, you can't. You literally cannot. No, you so. can't. Yeah. He's also had his time pushing pencils at one point in this show. and Didn't go yeah, too well. No, did not. That's, that's why he's on Mars. <laughs> I will tell you the one person I do miss is Molly Cobb. I do miss the crap out of Molly Cobb. I don't miss Karen at all. Um, I don't miss Karen, no. I felt like she didn't add much to the show and keeping her around was just kind of like giving like a substitute teacher giving homework to the, you know, busy work to the students. Yeah, I, it just her becoming CEO of of Helios and it know, felt it kind of felt out of place. It felt which forced. Is weird. It felt forced. Yeah, yeah. So sorry, Karen. I loved her in seasons one and two, but uh, you know, season three. Yeah, yeah see, see, season three was the uh, the end of our love for her and her life. Yeah, the killer. yeah. All right. Well, moving onward. Tragedy strikes in space. Um, Grigori, who's the first Russian to set um, set foot on Mars, and on also an and on an asteroid, the first human to set foot on an asteroid. Okay. Well, well, Dan Danielle was the first one on Mars, right? Yeah, but he was the first Russian, so he's famous in Ru- in, in Russia. True. Okay. Which, by the way, I think Russians would love this show. I wonder if they would let them watch this. Sh- I mean, is that is anything censored in Russia? Like, is this like... I'm sure there is. I know one. I can ask. Yeah, ask. I think I would be... I don't think things are censored, like, sh- shows and whatnot. Like, North Korea is not getting this, I'll tell you that. But, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, at least that's what I hear. I mean, there's literally missionaries who take USB drives with, with uh, films into North Korea illegally. So, I would be shocked if... If they have like Apple TV Plus in <laughs> Korea, but I'm sure they'd be delighted to know that they were the first on Mars somehow. <laughs> That's probably yeah, the bit they take. They just made it you know, they might take the footage from For All Mankind and just use it as a like propaganda. propaganda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we made it there, guys. Yeah, we we did it. We, we did, did it. it. Celebrate it. I'll ask. Uh, I'll ask the guy I know, and I'll see if he uh, if he watches it or can watch it. Yeah, again. ask. Yeah, I, that would be super interested to know of this alternate history and what people would think about it from a Russian perspective and not our American perspective, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so the cables lose tension. Ed has to give up. He lets his friend die, unfortunately, but it is the choice he had to make or that whole ship was going to crash into that asteroid 100%. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
there goes. Yeah. I kept on calling him Peters. I think it was Parker who got killed. Parker, Parker. and uh, Grigori. Parker so. sounds correct. I, yeah. I I don't think he was that big of a character. He just had to be somebody on screen for a moment so that we could watch him die. You know what sucks back on Earth is that Aleda on this day decided to bring her son to NASA. Yeah. So she brought her son on probably one of the most uh, tragic days in NASA history, right? And while yeah, she's I don't dealing know if with I'd an say episode. NASA history, there's, there's been a lot of other <laughs> bad well, it's things. One of them. Anytime like two people happened. die on an operation that she's integrally a part of, mm -hmm. I'm yeah, assuming she feels good. she feels the burden of it in some way. I mean, she's got the panic attacks. This, this is all going on, so I would imagine so. Yeah, she's feeling the pressure from it. But hey. At least she'll she'll get her wish. It'll be a day that her son will remember. That's for sure. <laughs> how do you like uh? How do you like Alita? Where do you think we're gonna go with her and her storyline? I feel like her at home life was a little odd. I'm mean, it's always been a little weird. I uh, last it... season it was like I, I I didn't I didn't think that that whole relationship was even gonna last. They're still together here. I actually thought I liked her home life in the previous season. I think the only time, the only reason it's rocky right now is because she's dealing with this, um, with the with the panic attacks of of dealing with the trauma from that, right? Mm. Um, which has got to be horrible to put yourself in shoes. I mean, there's people out there who have survived tragic events, and I'm assuming it sticks with you for a long time, if yeah. not forever. Like Danielle says, right? The people you love and the people you lose, uh, you never forget about them. You kind of just carry them with you everywhere. So. Uh, I thought that was one of the best lines in the episode, right? Also, yeah. the also the line of Miles' wife who says, uh, uh, "Devils when they're up, angels when they're down," or something like that. <laughs> that's that's the line. That's the yeah. line. I we're back to a show that we can actually choose lines and say our favorite lines from an episode. So yeah, that's true. Thankfully, yeah. But Sorry, Lu your... Lupin Lupin's great, but not one for lines. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I, I think. I've always liked the latest character. Um, I love her relationship with Margot. I like how it's kind of just a reflection of Margot's relationship with Von Braun, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Warner mm -hmm. Van Braun. And um, I'm interested to see what happens when inevitably Margot is brought in with her expertise because she's a genius to help the Russian space program or, and whether her ass is going to get arrested by American authorities or because the Cold War is over, maybe she's not going to be... Um, prosecuted or persecuted or whatever what I'm looking for. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. You know, what do you what do you think about this whole like unified nation like base on Mars? Like how how do you think that's that's gonna play out? Because when I was watching this episode, um, you know, I, I had a thought and I'm like, how how foolish are we to think that everybody's going to play nice when the people that exist on that planet are still, you know, controlled by, you know, the, the, the people moving the chess pieces down here, right? Like it's a very optimistic outlook on human nature. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. But look, you have this very successful space program and you still got Al Gore cutting the budget of it by 20% as they talk about in this series. So, they're still dealing with the bureaucracy of politics, right? Yeah. And one of the reasons Ellen became president was she she campaigned on space, right? And she wanted mm -hmm. to have a favorable lean towards uh, supporting NASA. So, yeah, I mean, 
do I think it's optimistic? Do I think it could happen? Uh, do I really think I Amer- no. Do I really think I, that Americans, like for example, as an American, I was watching this episode and I was like, "We're gonna just send a Russian out there to be the first on the asteroid? Like, why can't we send our guy? They got the moon." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. But that's my competitive side coming out saying like, "We're not gonna let you just take the asteroid." You know. <laughs> Sorry, we got there first. But, you know, to the other side of it, you know, an attitude of collaboration and transparency, I think is probably the most healthy. I I would prefer to have multiple nations, like we have the ISS, right? The ISS is a Mm. combination of several countries. I prefer that than every country in its own silo, uh, pun not intended. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I, I would prefer this. Do I think it's optimistic? Yeah. Do I think it's optimistic to think of it, especially with the Soviet Union still being uh, around in the series? Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that they would be this cooperative with Americans, to be honest with you. Yeah. Every, so, that, that, that's, that's the thing that I'm, I'm having you know, trouble believing is like how cooperative everybody is being. Like we have everybody like from a, a bunch of different nations on this one planet. They're all operating as if they're, they're buddy, buddy. And I'm just thinking like, you know, like... If they were, if they were maybe completely severed from every you know piece of communication that related to Earth, I could maybe see a way where like, hey, look, like now we're all here, we all have one mission, right? Stay alive, like survive. Like I could understand there potentially like being a lot of camaraderie at that point, but I, I feel like they're really they're really all like pawns controlled by the same governments down here. You just there's a delay between when you get your commands. That's about it. Our government doesn't even get along with itself. You think we're going to get along with other people's governments? Like, it's just not going to happen like that. It hasn't happened historically. So, but I'm down for it with this show. And maybe, you know, global governments can understand that and unify behind a common cause. But by the way, some of these buildings in the Soviet Union in this episode, specifically the one that Margot's heading towards when she shows up unannounced to try to meet the director, Reminds me of the building from Severance that they clock in at every uh, mm. day. Kind of reminded me of that a bit. The the the, the general like vibe of of Russia mm. as well kind of reminds me of of Severance. You got this really slow paced like life outside that's just cold yeah. and dull and Great. yeah. It, you're you're kind of right. Like even like just the general color palette. Yeah, they choose looks the color. And feels the, very the, similar. The colorist intentionally is taking a more t- dull like um. Muted, muted tone, approach. A, a yeah. completely muted tone at life. Everybody's dressed in these very um, dark shades, dark colors. There's not a lot of color except for this mural in the space thing. It's kind of on purpose too, right? Like this is the one element that's connecting this regime to the rest of the world, right? In a way that is bringing an economic boom to them, yeah. but pretty predictably is also creating a uh, conflict between the... Um, the classes of society between the upper and the lower class and the middle class. So, yeah. Yeah. I really wonder what Margot feels she has to bring other than everything that you can't. <laughs> well, Margot feels like some, like a contractor on the way out, right? Somebody who yeah. came in, who could have been really effective, but is dealing with really incompetent management who, uh, who's not giving her an opportunity to do so. And it feels like something really horrible is going to have to happen even outside of the asteroid mining failed operation to mm-hmm. get her into the um, operator's chair. 
Yeah. I I imagine she I don't know if she, I don't think she's going to like make her way up to be director or anything. I just think she's going to be like a maybe more of a glorified assistant to the director just whispering in her ear or his ear. I think it's a her. Imagine if um, she goes from yeah, it's a, no it's, a, it's yeah, director Kati, she's a girl or a woman. Yeah. Um it would be kind of funny that if she becomes the head of the Russian space program. As, <laughs> that'd be something. Payback, um, people. I, I don't think on. she. I don't think she'd be very popular in the states. But you know, what are you gonna do? I don't think she's popular in the states now. That's why she's in Russia. Her Russian, like the way she, her accent when she speaks Russian, sort of reminds me of. Um, you ever played The Sims? No. You ever heard a Sim speak? No. Well, I know, and I've heard of the name of the game, but I've never. Well, if you go on YouTube and type in Somalian, like Sim speaking Somalian, uh, it kind of okay. sounds a little bit like the way Margot speaks Russian. Um, Ed breaks the news to Kelly that he is not returning home anytime soon in a very interstellar-esque vibe between this little FaceTime call they got. Yeah. Uh, they get better reception uh, from space than we do currently on FaceTime. Yeah, from my apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. With with a gigabyte down that I yeah. pay for. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you Olga throws down in the kitchen, by the way. I would imagine so. I bet you I mean, she this little kid cook. looks pretty healthy. Yeah, I bet you she cooks like a mean meal. Like, look at her. Like, she knows her way around, like, how to freaking make an epic feast meal. The meal look has that. Attitude. She's making a stew. She's making, like, a beef stew back there. Man, I love stew. Like, yeah, just me that too. nice, warm, like... It's been, like, stew season, too. I've been very heavy. in a soup and stew mood, right? Yeah. Maybe some beef stew with, like, potatoes and carrots and onions in there and... Oh, hell yeah. I just had yeah. some chili tonight. My wife oh, made some nice. last night. Very mm. nice. Very I nice. I love the chili. It's like extra, you know, thick, yeah. full of flavor. I love yeah. Hey, uh, what'd you think about NASA being named after Molly Cobb? The Molly Cobb Space Center, huh? It's a nice touch. It has a very nice it's touch nice to it. Nice to ring, Remember right? her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Danny returns to NASA. And at this point, I put, uh, I'm assuming 9-11 hasn't happened in this alternate reality is what I wrote in I my notes. I don't think it has. I really don't think it yeah, has. Nor which, do I think it will. Yeah. I prefer that reality. Uh, they want her to be commander again on the Happy Valley base. And she kind of calls out Eli to his face saying, oh, you know, I'd love to, but you haven't been very favorable to NASA. I mean, you cut the budget by 20%. <laughs> and they're bringing her in, really pulling on her heartstrings because she grew a very tight-knit relationship with Grigori, who died, who dies earlier in the episode. He's the Russian cosmonaut who um, gets his leg pinned to the truss uh, yeah. outside of the uh, spaceship. But eventually... Danny does take the position, I think, right, for, for a multitude of reasons. I think she wants to conquer her inner demons of whatever the hell happened with Danny Stevens. If he's even dead, I, I would assume that he is dead based on the tone and the way everybody acts about it yep. whenever they hear his name in this episode. Same. I think he's dead. She, uh, Danielle's always been one to, you know, I guess, challenge herself. Like, she, she's always, she always seems like she wants to go and, you know, get the next thing. So... I wasn't surprised that she ended up on her way there by the end of this episode. Didn't it feel like a desperation hire on the part of NASA here in terms of like, it's almost like they don't have any other candidates on the ready. And so they went for the easy hire in terms of here's our, one of our most beloved astronauts of all time. It's not going to be unpopular. It's almost like in the NBA equivalent of hiring Mike D'Antoni or Doc Rivers. 
Mm-hmm. Like they're, you know, they're esteemed, decorated coaches. You know, your fan base can't get too mad at you because they're good at what they do. Yeah. You know, she's more decorated than both of them probably, but uh, in terms of industry, but nonetheless, familiar name, good at what they do. Yeah. It's an interesting choice. Yeah. I also found that the whole dynamic of, uh, you know, like, I guess who's in charge and, and Happy Valley. I like this guy, uh, by the runs. way. This, I like the head of NASA. It seems like NASA's a way healthier place without Margot stick up her butt. Uh, Reynolds there, uh, right? It it just feels like healthier. Everyone likes it. Everyone's cracking a joke when he when he's saying his little speech. But I feel like something's going to take a dark turn with this guy. If I had it, to guess, it, it, I mean, I kind of feel like it feels a little more you know political in some ways in here, yeah. right? Like it's less like wearing your emotions on your sleeve. It's like you know the big boss man's giving his speech. Ha <laughs> ha! That's great. Yeah, that's funny. You know, you know how that goes. Even you, Dan. <laughs> no one wants what do to you be think, Dan. What do you think about the leaders on Mars? You know that like they serve their terms, right? Like you know, this guy's it's only his midterm, so next you've got Russia that's going to go, and I don't know if it comes you have back to, to the U.S. Right? or somebody else. Yeah. Whenever you involve you more partners, yeah, the moment you involve more partners, the more people you got to consult with, and so now it's you know America can't just be like this is our station. You know we're we're the in charge here. No, now they got to be like oh the Russians got it for a year and. And then, uh, who knows, the North Koreans got it for a year. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it seems to be just them three. I think Japan's involved some way. I think there's, we got to look up the other uh, four countries that are involved in the Mars 7 Alliance. If you want to look it up, go for it, Zach. Okay. We should just send uh, Kelly's son up there and let him run it. He can serve for two terms. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Well, she's going to serve out the remaining of the term of the man who's getting replaced. So, all right. We continue on in the episode. Margot goes through her, mor- her morning routine one more time in the Paris of the East, which doesn't feel very Parisy in this episode because Margot's depressing morning routine really does take a toll on the viewer. She meets a woman feeding some finches on a bench who ends up being a Russian spy, leaving Margot a mysterious number on a card with no name. Who do you think this number is for or from, Zach? Because she's telling Margot she needs to be patient, which also simultaneously feels like a threat. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does feel like a threat. I don't know. I was like wondering, like, is it is it just a director? Or like, maybe maybe there's somebody playing the middleman that's not letting them talk to each other. Yeah, I don't. I mean watching the movie tetris again assuming everything is like that it feels like that i mean there's not a single phone call that that you can make that's not being listened to or tapped or something like that mm-hmm. so i don't know i i can't i can't imagine you, think you know it, do you think i wonder about do you think occur? it could be do you, do you think it could be her uh her lover the russian no, lover i don't i don't no, think i think i think there might be a leadership coup going on hmm. and um there's different factions at play here, and perhaps they want to unseat the current director and put Margot in charge uh, in some way. I think that's possibly what's occurring here. That would be interesting. Yeah. It'd be funny to to have an American running uh, Russia's space uh, uh, program from Earth yeah. while you have a Russian running the uh, American uh, space, you know, like platform that was put there on mars right like it was it was initially a 
American uh, ship that landed there because the Russians blew theirs up essentially with their nuclear meltdown. Yeah. I absolutely loved this episode in terms of the way it's just leaving everything open for what could occur in the season. We let, we lay the groundwork for um, what I am excited to see as pretty interesting character arcs. Um, Margot's time in Russia. You got Ed who's dealing with the aftermath of Grigori's death and also Kelly back on Earth. You got mm-hmm. Danielle taking a position of commander one more time. The mystery of Danny Stevens' fate of what occurred there. Uh, the mystery of Jimmy Stevens' current fate as he serves his prison time. We ha- also haven't caught up with former president Ellen Wilson. And you have Aleda, who I'm assuming will also continue to play a role in this season in some major way. And then the new character of Miles, who is someone coming from an industry that has been ex- made extinct by the new clean nuclear energy industry and is trying to find a way to save his family by going on this two-year Mars tour. And that leaves us at the end of this episode with Miles on the ship, with Danielle in charge, in command, and Ed smoking a cigarette in his cabin with what I presume are the shakes, with a bunch of photos of Kelly and Alex all around his cabin. Yeah, it's a very sad moment for... For Ed Baldwin, really, I mean, I think he's uh, he's he seems pretty end of life to me. It feels like this is definitely Ed's last um, season in For All Mankind that he will die in space somehow. Yeah, but nonetheless, I mean, the day was going well for him before his friend died. I'm not going to say that this is his life all the time. I think it's just naturally a bad day at work for him. Um, and I'm actually really glad that. He, he did not find out that Karen slept with Danny Stevens, which by the way, y'all, if you listen to our season one through three recap, the other host across from me in the beanie, um, hey, hey. uh, incorrectly, <laughs> incorrectly stated that, uh, Danny went to the confession booth with, uh, Ed. All I, I, I remember so much. I mean, it's been a year since I've seen it. Um, I remember him. <laughs> contemplating it so much at the very least and that that whole storyline just hurt too much i guess i guess i i lied to myself in my own head saying that yeah he did say that's that's why i wanted to beat this shit out of him so agreed maybe i was wrong i guess let's get into some emails real quick then we'll do some categories and then we'll sign off on this episode our first episode of from and kind a little housekeeping before we do that though we hope you're enjoying our deep dive episode of of season four episode one of from mankind And we hope you stay tuned with us as we're going to kick off a very exciting new series on Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV+. We are incredibly excited for that if you haven't caught the hint at our new cover art designed by Zachary over here with a little help of my own there. Thinking about a combined universe, if we're going to combine all the Apple TV shows, we wanted to show (laughs) a little bit of Godzilla a little bit of an astronaut all in the kind of same landscape. And that's our uh, attempt at creating a dope-ass thumbnail so that we're not banned by Apple (laughs) once again. All right. Hope you like it. You can stay tuned for those. We're going to be dropping those episodes. Uh, It kind of throws us off on the schedule because they're both dropping these shows on Friday. Um, But Monarch is dropping two episodes next week, I believe. And we will be dropping two episodes per week, one for each series. And 
If we see a real appetite, we will take it up to two episodes for one of those shows. All right, to Jareb who wrote in, pumped for the new season to start. Listening to the recap episode and just wanted to say that I don't think Ed knows about the affair with Danny yet. There you go, Zach. There's your yep. confirmation. Thank you, Jareb. Jer- my, my bad. Jareb is never wrong here, okay? He said he was about to tell him when they were trapped in the hab and then the explosion happened and they were rescued. At least they never showed it and I think it's something they'd show. I think it's I a agree. great show too. I think they'd definitely show it. He did say, I think Danny is solo at the Korean ship because the Korean guy was talking with his wife at one point during the end montage thing. I think you may be wrong about that. I think Danny Stevens may have taken that gun the Korean had and uh, ended his life, if I had to guess. Yeah. And then thank you once again for the recommendation from 1996 to 01. It's a great uh, watch. If anybody out there is listening to this podcast and also watching For All Mankind, check it out. It will put you, bring you up to speed. Next email from Maurice. What happened to Danny? Is he just in exile? And he also uh, has some choice words for Karen Baldwin and her particular life choices with the said Danny Stevens. And uh, <laughs> he seems to be glad like I am that she is no longer part of the show. <laughs> uh, Ed may as well just never come back to her. Did, did Ed ever find out about his wife and Danny? Y'all said he did, but I don't recall. You're right. It did not occur, Maurice. Uh, I blame Zach completely. I will take no accountability for his... Uh, Error in judgment there. All right, uh, I got one thing. I got one thing wrong <laughs> once. All right, all right. Just crucify me here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you, man. It's so hard. Like it's we're bound to get some things wrong. And honestly, it was such a major event that I think the whole damn season three was building up to that moment. And yeah, I wanted it to happen so badly. I I don't because what's the what is the benefit for Ed? Man, know that information. I, I, there was it wasn't anything about a benefit, man. I just wanted to see Ed beat the shit out of Danny. I agree. That's what I wanted to see. I, I agree. I would have wanted it just for that. But once Karen died, like I wanted it while Karen was alive. But once she died in the explosion, yeah, because I wanted that reckoning. I wanted him to be like, Karen, really, Gordo's son, Tracy's son, you know, something like that. <laughs> Anyways, but it's kind of better that no one knows because you know what? You imagine that, that information and then what it does to Kelly to think about that. Yeah. And I think I Kelly mean, had a crush on Danny Stevens too back in the day. Anyways. Probably. I mean, Ed would be way more destroyed than he, than he seems to be now if, yeah. uh, if he did really know about all of that. Yeah. Maurice is also uh, feeling terrible for Margot, but he believes that she'll bounce back. And I agree too. She'll bounce back, but is she going to bounce back for the wrong side? TBD. Yeah. I don't know if I feel bad for Margo. I mean, sure, it sucks. You know, you're stuck in Russia. You've been exiled, I guess, from the United States. But you did kind of, uh, what, do something treasonous there, right? She did. But I, I have empathy for her in the sense that, I mean, there's a shot in this episode where she's looking at this family playing with their kid. And she probably thinks like, I sacrificed my whole life for my career. You know, I could have, she could have had a family, you know, she could have had both, right? Like Aleda's doing. And she sacrificed it for the wrong guy in a way, right? Yeah. So, anyways, you got any categories for us or are we wrapping this one up? Well, let's start. We, we, you already touched on the, uh, the, the two good lines in the episode. They're what? Devils when they're up and angels when they're down. Yes. Um, that's the one that, that, 
sticks in my head at the very least. I thought okay. it was I thought it was a little funny, but let's go with uh what's the favorite character of the episode? Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a very good one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh it's tough, right? Because I love Ed and I love Danielle. But it might be I think it's Grigori in this episode. <sighs> yeah. That's what I was picking. Yeah, I yeah. love I mean fare, farewell, rest in peace and all of that. But yeah, no, I I loved uh it was good. It was uh, it was it was a little emotional. Again, the show pulls no punches. It's a character so. who has very limited screen time and yet you care for him so much. Yeah. And you hate to see him go. And he's heroic. He has a heroic moment where he says, I'm not taking out this whole ship. He gives Ed the moral release to say, listen, man, like I have no O2. Even if you come out here, I'm dead anyways. You know? Yeah. So it's Grigori. Is that your choice too? Yeah, that, that was who I was picking, Grigori. If, I, yeah. I, I thought it, it stuck with me. Like it just. Honorable it, mentions. It honorable mentions to Miles. I think he makes you care mm-hmm. about his character uh, very immediately. I think just very. Uh, early on into his introduction, you care about him. Um, and then Ed and Danielle, I think are going to be the, they're going to win the Tommy Shelby award for always being loved on every episode. I just think that's, of course, that's the thing, right? So of course, that that yeah. is exactly the name of that award that we should give the out Tommy to Shelby award recurring characters it's a, that are just always the, an MVP. It's the Tommy Shelby Don Draper award. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any, any other categories? Yeah, so favorite scene in the episode. I think it's got to be the scene where everything's going to hell with the asteroid, where it's just Mm -hmm. like everything's going wrong with the cables. Like I was on the edge of my seat while I was watching that. The show does have a tendency of doing that to me because like you mentioned, they don't pull any punches. So you're seeing Ed Baldwin, but I also wouldn't have been surprised if Ed Baldwin died in this episode. Same. So it's one of those. I was getting a little nervous. Yeah, I was like, God damn it! Don't kill kill him off. I was like, if they kill him in this episode, so help me, don't you do that? (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. How about yours? I think my uh, that one was a great a great scene. Um, I don't want to pick the same thing on everything. So you know, my the scene that I liked a lot. I I liked the introduction to Miles. Like. I mean, as as much as I think that he's going to be a screw up, I I like the I like the intro to his character. I mean, I I do feel for him. Um, he has, he has, he's got you know a lot of things not going in his direction. He finally has you know for him at the very least a big win. I I just hope that I'm I'm proven wrong later in the show and he doesn't turn out to be a screw up. Me too. All right, I got I got one more. Mm-hmm. So this is this is just more of a general question I wanted to ask you. Cool. If you were to be an astronaut oh God. and you were going to die in space. Why do I have to die? <laughs> would you want to die being impaled from behind or by getting your leg pinched and your suit, uh, you know, pierced while you're leaking O2? What would you, ra- how would you rather go? So I, uh, I got my, I got my pick. The, the hero's way out is Grigori. I think both died like heroes. Being impaled immediately and dying is probably the preferred choice. Yeah, yeah. that was going to be my, my preferred choice. Not yeah. only because it's quick, but because it was from behind, you didn't see it coming. See it coming. It's just it's like it's, it hurts like hell for probably. I'm sure a, a, a solid uh, a solid bit there. I don't know how to quantify time, but um, you know, I think you're gone pretty quickly as well. So I'm telling that you would this, be my pick. 
that doesn't happen to me because I'm not getting outside that ship to attach these these ropes across this football mm. field sized asteroid. It's just so, so you're not a hero then, huh? I'm not dying in that moment. Mari, Mari is the the self pre, uh, preservationist here. Just uh, no, I'm saying in the back I'm saying of the ship. I'm saying Ed. How about we try this at round two? How about we just give us one more attempt? Uh-huh. You know. Let's this let's is, disconnect for now and this pull is the, away. This is the maiden voyage. How expensive are these cables? Like, can we just yeah. try this? Can we back up the ship a little bit, reattach, <laughs> and just try this one more time? Again, like I think they should have pulled it. I think that would have made more sense than pushing than it. Pushing but, it? No, I'm not the uh, engineer here. Well, actually, pushing it probably makes more sense because if you're pulling it, it slams into you and you break. Well, right. you don't break in front of it. You disconnect and then you, you peel disconnect. away. And you keep on going. <laughs> yeah, know, man. I mean, man. it can't it can't move any quicker than you. So, as long as you don't slow down, you're good. You know, we need to bring a rocket scientist on the show and ask him about the antics of, of the things that happened in it well, and talk about you, it. But you I, know I, yeah. Well, we'll see. If he watches the show, then great. If not, we got to get a different rocket scientist. But I want to know how they got those heavy ass cables up there in outer space. <laughs> yeah. True. True. All right. To your outro, Zach. Well, I, I got one more thing that I, I think we could maybe you. maybe declare. It's not a category, but maybe okay. it's something that we could declare now because we did disagree on oh, we should do some wagers too. A, a wager, yeah. It's a oh, bet. Okay. Uh, okay. I think the first bet of this season should be that I think Miles is going to be a screw up and basically be Danny 2.0 and mess things up on Mars and you think that he's not. That's tough because I do feel like something may occur. But I do think he doesn't end up being a Danny Stevens. Can I say it's not going to be Danny Stevens level? Or is that a cop-out? Well, I mean, it's kind of a cop-out. I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he's oh, definitely look. not going to be sleeping with Ed Baldwin's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, never say never. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, no, let's continue. Um, I'm going to, I'll just go the opposite. I'm going to say Miles will not be a screw up, even though in my heart, I feel like what's going to occur, and this could be the second wager we talk about, something's going to occur where Ed has to save his ass. Ed dies as a result this season, if I had to guess. Okay. I, I'll take you on that one because my feeling is that Ed's not going to die. And I'm, okay. I'm solely basing that off of the he's fact the that I character. feel like this show, well, he's one of my favorite characters, but I feel like this show... All right, let, 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 let me say start, or start by saying, look, Danielle's a very strong character in the show and she is really, you know, I, I think, you know, the being show is Ed. set up to take the lead, right? Yeah. But to me, like, this show is about Ed in, in a similar way how, like, Mad Men is about Don Draper, right? Like, it's, it's nowhere near on the same level as Mad Men. I'm not saying that. But this show, at least for me, so far has so much been about Ed and his life. I mean, yes, there's focuses on his family and his friends and there's other core characters that come on, you know, the show here, but it's just, it's all been about him. So for that reason, I'm going to say, I think Ed lives. Um, he but I'll is, take you on that one. I think that's a good, I think that's a good second bet. If you want to go that route, you definitely can say that there's been only a, a few characters whose entire families have been important characters, right? And that's Ed's family. So you got Ed, Karen, Kelly. And rest in peace, Shane and Karen. Mm-hmm. Gordo and Tracy Stevens. Everybody in yeah. their family member was central. Danielle, I don't even know her husband's name or her son's name. Uh, so, eh, not a central, but still huge. Molly, yeah. kind of in the same boat as Danielle. 
Ellen, very integral part. We pretty much know everything about Ellen um, in that sense, even though she's not on the first episode. Margot as well is probably a, a step above uh, Danielle in terms of intimacy and knowing her personal life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you kind of see it from there. I, I do think it's time for Ed to die. If I had to guess, I just feel like something's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong. By the way, this is a bet that I'm taking, but I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, and I was going to mention one more thing, but I, I can't remember it. Oh, I remember. Uh, should I watch Altered Carbon? I liked Altered Carbon. It's There's only two seasons. The first season for me was much better than the second season. second season got a little little odd. A lot of nudity in it, so just be prepared for that. It's a Netflix show. Oh, okay. Did it get canceled, or is it... Um... I'm pretty sure it got canceled. It got axed after okay. season two, I believe. I liked it. Like season one for me was really was really cool i mean it reminds me a lot of like if if cyberpunk were not a video game and it were a tv show like i, I could kind of see uh or cyberpunk i should say cyberpunk. uh where we're like a show not a, not a game like i it was interesting it was okay. it's like this um detective like this investigation yeah the detective yeah. show it's, blade it's runner. really cool so okay yeah, so I, kind I, of blade runner vibes yeah it, it was interesting i i would say like watch the first episode because i was in after the first episode it was okay. a quick one for me to get into it was okay. kind of up my alley i wish season two was more like season one and it didn't get canceled but i mean look it is what it is you win yeah. some you lose some well, all right well thank you all for tuning in uh we're giving you a long episode to celebrate veterans day out there happy veterans day to all of you thank you all who have served in the military we thank you for your service on behalf of the story archive show myself zach and the entire network we thank you humbly. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy this episode. Enjoy this first episode of For All Mankind. And make sure to tune in to Monarch Legacy of Monsters, our premiere coverage on that series next week. To you, Zach. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of For All Mankind by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Apple and Spotify podcasts primarily. You can visit us on YouTube at Soapbox Podcast Network. Our website is soapbox.house. You can email us at contact.soapbox.house. And we do have a link in the description below to sign up for our quarterly newsletter. So we hope to see you there. Until next time, peace. Peace.